Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. And I'm Jadefire. And together we are a father and his children journeying through the New Testament as we seek to sharpen our understanding of God and our blades for battling the evil forces of darkness. Um, this week we are going through Second Peter. Um, and... Uh, Forgive us for any background noises. We are also having work done on our house, and so there may be some hammering and things like that. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, anyway, so getting started, Second Peter chapter 1. So, starting with Second Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Why did you highlight that? Uh, just, it's nice to know that um, he has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Like, we don't have to, like, struggle with it. Like, I mean, it's going to be a struggle, like, to not sin and stuff like that. But, like, he has given us everything we need to not sin. So we have no excuse, right? We can't say, well, I just, I couldn't help myself. So, just a good reminder there. Do you have more highlights? I have plenty more highlights, but does somebody else want to go? Me. I have Second Peter 1. one. Okay. Uh, Simon Peter, a servant, um, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to all of you who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Um, I highlight that because, um, like, when it says Simon Peter, doesn't mean like, um, wasn't Peter's first like original name? Simon. Yep. And, and uh, was he the one who wrestled with God, or was that somebody else? <laughs> somebody else. Oops. Uh, the wrestling with God was all the way in Genesis. I know. I just thought it was mentioning it again. Peter's writing these letters. Simon Peter is the author of this letter. That's why he starts it off with Simon Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Right. 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 Um, how does name change again? Jesus. Yeah. But he called him Peter. He's like, now you're Peter. Because oh. on this rock, I will build my church. Because he's okay. Peter the Rock. Peter the he's rock. Simon Peter. Okay, okay. Simon's okay. your favorite. Okay, okay. Simon's your favorite apostle. <laughs> 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 he was the fisherman. His brother, I'm, Andrew. <laughs> I'm going to die now. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. No, the one that you're thinking about is Israel. Yeah. His like, name was Jacob, and then he wrestled with God, and then he's like, I'm going to call you Israel. Um, what? Doesn't Israel mean wrestled with God? Yeah. <laughs> well, because L, the ending L, usually refers to God. Wait, is that, be or is that why the Israelites were the Israelites? Because they always like fought against God or something? No, they're the Israelites because they're descended from Israel. Oh. Just like the Malachites are like from Malachi and all that stuff. We've talked about this before. But, um... 
I believe we have. I don't remember much of it. But... Do you, do you, cause Israel had 12 sons. And then they're, were they each a leader of the tribe? They're the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, okay. So there's the 12 tribes of Israel. So, like, Judah was one of his sons, who was probably one of the more famous of his sons. <laughs> who was, okay, how about this? Who was his favorite son? Yes, he had a favorite. Wait. Judah. This... No, Judah's, Judah was not. Was each tribe named after the um, son? I don't know. Most of them are. <laughs> there's one that was, I'm a little confused on. Was it the... How many? No. No. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking Joseph was part of this story, but that's somebody else, right? Joseph is his favorite son. <laughs> Wait, who was he before he was Israel? Jacob. Oh, I know. Like, I, I was like, I know it was Jacob, and so this is Israel, so... Right, right. Yep, it, it really I, gets confusing when they change their names. I knew the father. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Joseph, the one that went to Egypt as a slave and, you know, saved everybody. <laughs> I'm a slave now. He didn't, he didn't mope yeah. around. He just stood good. I know. All right, do you have a highlight you would like to share, Ruby? Sure. Verse 11, or 7. I don't know why I said 11. It's 7. Does anybody else have that, like, with other verses? I do. I have it with a big chunk. You want to do your big chunk? I can. All right. For this, starting with 5, going to uh, 11. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, told the future. That's why I said 11. Right, right, right. Yeah, you can see the future. Alright, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why did you highlight all of that? Uh, so... This kind of connects back to the other one, too. But, like, God has given us what we need, right? And he's laid out a line to follow, right? So, like, you should, and we should be making every effort to do it. We should be striving for this, right? So we should be adding to our faith goodness. And then we should be adding to goodness knowledge. So, like, we should be having faith in God. So then we should be doing good. And then we should be adding to that with having knowledge of God and understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And then knowledge also will help us to have self-control. And then self-control can lead to perseverance, meaning to push through things that are difficult constantly or continuing that self-control when it's hard, you know? Um, Because if you're giving up when it's hard, then you really didn't have self-control to begin with. Um, (laughs) That's fair. And then perseverance. All of these things bring about godliness, and godliness means mutual affection, so showing love for one another, or affection at least, and that brings love. And if we possess these qualities... In increasing measure, so if these qualities keep increasing and growing, they will keep us from being ineffective, meaning we will be effective, meaning we'll get things done, and we will be productive, not unproductive. And so, like, it's just a really good thing. Like, these are the things we need to be looking to be doing and keeping adding on. And it's just a good reminder. And then if we also have it, then we're not going to be stumbling either, or less stumbling, probably. Um, so in yours, you specifically highlighted seven, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love is what my translation says. Um, mine says, and to go- 
and to godliness add mercy toward your brothers and sisters, and to mercy toward others, and add undying, undying love. Mm, okay. So, and what what stood out to you about that one? Um, just the mercy I think toward your brothers and sisters, and mercy toward others. Like show mercy or whatever. Mercy. That yeah. might be my application later. So. Oh, okay. Second cool. Peter one seven. Yeah, Second Peter one seven. <laughs> Alright. I also have a couple more highlights. Did anybody else have anything else they wanted to share? I yeah. I have verse fourteen. Okay. Okay. Since our Lord Jesus the anointed one has clearly revealed that my departure is near. Um how has he clearly revealed that? Oh, I don't know. Okay, never mind then. He's just letting them know that God has made it clear that it's time for him like he will have to go. And I don't even think he means like like death going. If that's what you're thinking. No, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't sure. I wasn't necessarily thinking death. I knew it was something, but I didn't know what. Oh, wait. Nope. He is talking about dying. <laughs> oh, well, that's not. Sorry. Uh, I should have read the verse before. So mine says specifically 13 through 14. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So he knows that his time is coming close to an end of being on earth. And Jesus has made that clear to him. We don't really know how, but that doesn't matter. Like, we know Jesus can make these things clear. Whether it's because he can feel his body dying or whatever, I don't know. But, like, he knows that his time is coming. Uh, I see. I see. Then why did he say that? Uh, well, I highlighted verse 12, so that might help a little bit. Uh, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Um, oh, and he's talking about refreshing their memory. So he's going to keep refreshing their memory as long as he's here in this body. Oh, that and makes sense. soon he's going to be putting it aside. That that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Why did you highlight 12 other uh, Just reminding of what we already know. A good practice for building up, strengthening, and encouraging others. So like this kind of highlights the rest of that I read too. The uh, 5 through 11, because 12 kind of wraps that up, you know. Okay. And then I also highlighted verse 20, above, uh, and 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, like, a lot of times we talk, well, the prophets said this, the prophets said this, and they were proven right because the things happened. But did it come from the prophets? No, the prophets are just the ones speaking the words. Where did the words come from? They came from God. It wasn't their own desire to be like, well, I just want to prophesy this. No, because they don't, they don't have control. Now, there were false prophets that did that because they wanted the recognition and power that goes with it, right? But the prophets of God, they just spoke God's word. That's like, um, if, let's not give, like, not actually, but like, pretend that I'm God. And I'm like, Jedfire, go tell the old man that I'm going to shut off the light. And then, like, that would be the prophet. But, like, if a prophet's, like, if Jedfire went and told you that it was going to turn on the light, then that's a bad example because God is all about light, but. Well, and like, because he did that too. God even told Moses and Aaron that they would act that way, right? He's like, because you're afraid to go talk to Pharaoh and stuff, I will give you Aaron, and you will be like God to Aaron. You will, you will have him speak the words for you, <laughs> and you do the signs, basically, which I'm actually doing, but you're going to be doing them in front of people. <laughs> Is basically what he's saying there. 
But yeah, just that the 2021 is just a reminder that our gifts and abilities are from God. So not just the prophets either, everybody's gifts. We do not do wonderful things because we have the, these abilities ourselves. Yeah, like I can't fix the uh, ceiling fan without the ability that God gave me. Correct. And the mind that he gave you to like seek that kind of information out and figure things out. I heard like we shall we have in this house and I know all their cautions. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to chapter two. Alright. Where would we start? Here's my highlight. Alright, I've got just give me a minute and I'll yep. finish figuring this out. What do you got, Jade Fire? Um verse twenty-two. Yes. Of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a so that is so oh sow. sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. What's a sow again? Pig. Um Mainly like, uh, like this is a, I, this is how I'm taking it. Um, it is an example like after you are cleansed or after some people are like cleansed, they like go back to the dirt. That's that's where my mind is. What do you mean they go back to the dirt? What do you mean be cleansed? Like cleansed from their sin. Like the dirt is sin. Okay, so people go back to their sin. So, like some, not everybody. No. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Cause like, no matter what we ha- we sin. No matter what we sin, like, and then we need to be cleansed again. But I don't know if we have to be cleansed again. God has cleansed us. We repent, right? We just need to continue to go away from. It. Yeah. Okay. Is and we should not be returning to it. Yeah. Is Otherwise, you're not really um, turning away from it. <laughs> anyway, to clarify your your one, I also highlighted it along with a lot of the verses leading up to it, starting in eighteen. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and, by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. That means anything that masters you, whether it's your own desires and stuff. We've talked about this a lot before, I feel like. Well, we have talked about it. And it's an important There's thing no to remember. There's no problem with that, I'm just saying. It's a very important thing to keep in mind that you are always a slave to something, and we should be churning to be slaves to God. Because when you're a slave to God, you're not really a slave. <sighs> not, At least in my opinion. You you know that you're having a good outcome. I, it's like being a slave where your master's the best, and it's <laughs> you have to do a little bit of work, and you get like a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> But you also know that the work isn't pointless. Like, you never know when you're striving for something you want and your own goals. You don't know you're going to get it necessarily or that it's going to go well. And you have no promise that it will be fulfilling to you. And then you know for sure, if you do have promises that it won't last you into heaven. Most of the things that you're striving for, unless you're striving for godly things. So, it's nice. It's, so, it sucks when you, you're trying so hard at work and you're not getting anything accomplished that you want to accomplish. But to know that you are actually accomplishing things because God has told you to do it, that's wonderful. Yep. So anyway, carrying on. Uh, we're at 20. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. So if they escaped that corruption but then get stuck in it again, that's worse than if they hadn't escaped it in the first place. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on them. Of them, 
the proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. So of those that turn their backs, unrighteousness is like the dog that goes back to his vomit. Not everyone, just those that do okay. this. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Ruby, did you have a highlight you wanted to share? Verse 16. 16. Just a couple before where you yeah. started. Who was rebuked for evil by a donkey, incapable of speech, yet that spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. <laughs> um, I just think it's interesting how God worked with a donkey to make him rebuke this um, prophet. Yep. It's like, yeah, you're not listening, so donkey, can you go straighten it? Then if he was listening, like, he would have learned sooner, right? Because the donkey kept getting turned back because of the angel, right? Yep. But instead he got mad and beat the donkey to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my only highlight. Okay. I also highlighted seven. And if he rescued Lot, which we talked about not like a couple weeks ago or something. Uh, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless... For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Um, was that seven and ending? Yes, it was, sorry. So, this is talking about how, like, there was a lot of depravity in the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah, if you read a little bit before that and stuff. And But he even rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct. Of the lawless people there. So he was living, he was, as a righteous man, he was living among these unrighteous people day after day, and he was tormented in his righteous soul by everything he saw and heard, because he was righteous, so it was hurt more. Like, if he didn't, if he wasn't righteous, then he would just be doing what they're doing, and it wouldn't be that big a deal to him. It would be a big deal, but he wouldn't really, like, you wouldn't necessarily notice the pain that you're all in. Yeah. Um... So if you know if if God knows to do that, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. Because He did destroy all of that, so He can re- like if He could rescue Lot from all of that cr- garbage, <laughs> He can take care of you too. Um, and then ten through twelve. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, they are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such things when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. But these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like animals, they too will perish. So even the angels, who have all the power and stuff, do not heap that kind of abuse. And they only, even when they're bringing judgment on those that need judgment brought on them, they just do what God tells them to do. They don't go, yeah, and you stink too, or something, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what I mean? Yep. Even though those people blaspheme heavenly things, like angels and God and all mm-hmm. that stuff, they show restraint. We can learn from that. <laughs> Alright, shall we move on to... Chapter 3, yep. the final chapter of Second Peter. Mm-hmm. I have a highlight in verse 4. Does anyone have that in their highlights? Verse oh, 3. Oh, I'm like... Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. And verse 4. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, yeah. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. 
Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. So basically the idea is, like, everything's still doing what they were always doing. So where, yep. why hasn't Jesus come yet? Where is this coming that he promised everybody? Obviously it's not He's true. He's coming later. Just give it a little bit. So, and it says in the last days, scoffers will come and scoffing and following their own desires. So, yeah, it's just, it's a good reminder that you can ignore all that just because it feels like it's taking forever. And it's just another reminder that we're always in these last days. When they said last days, they meant this whole chunk of time. <laughs> We've been in the last days for the last decades. At least, <laughs> yes, centuries. Uh, Ruby, you had a highlight? I said verse four. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Why did you like <laughs> He verse... doesn't love me. <laughs> Why did you like verse four? I'm going to read my version real quick. Okay, verse 4. They will say, So what about this promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, yet everything is still the same as it was since from the beginning of time until now. So pretty much exactly what yours said. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I think the reason I highlighted it is what I said before, like how we've, or how what you said, how we've been in the last days for, how oh, other people have been okay. in the last days for decades. So yeah, we're kind of on the same page there. <laughs> That's my only highlight. So you just stole my highlight. I'm sorry. Ah! It's just it was connected to the other verse that I also highlighted. So was... <laughs> anyway, um, Jadefire, you have something for us? Yes, verse 10. Oh, then I'll go right before you because mine's 9. <laughs> <laughs> it's my last highlight too. <laughs> It will go from my 9 into your 10. It will be perfect. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So yeah, it's just like, it seems slow, right, to us, because our timing is much different because we have such a finite time on this earth. So it seems forever. Yeah. But it's our not a true forever. Our lives are so short. They really are. But they're also the longest thing we know. <laughs> right? So they seem long. But it's weird. They're so short because we've been in the last days, like we said, for decades. And we're and our lives are so short we don't realize it. Yeah. Um, but he's also, he's not ready to just go ahead and end everything right now because he is being patient, not wanting anyone to perish at all. He doesn't want us to perish, completely perish, right? Yeah. Not just die, but perish eternally. He wants everyone to come to repentance. How is that going to work? If he wants everyone to come to repentance... Well, he's giving us all a chance is basically what it's saying. There will still be more and more kids. I think he knows how many there will be. <laughs> I see. Anyway, and ten? But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Does, all right, quick question offside the actual highlight. What does laid bare mean? Um, laid, uh, it'll be all exposed, laid to... Okay, okay. Anywho, I've... I think, anyway. I've always Let really, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so to reveal or uncover private information or feelings. Okay. Um... And I've always just liked this verse, because, like, it's just, I don't know why, but partially because it has the word fire in it, and that's very, uh, like, it's one of the least common words in the Bible, I think. Okay. Anywho. Um, and I've always heard, like, the, uh, day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. What just, do you think that means? Like, it'll come, uh, when you're least expecting. Darn straight. Alright, yeah. So we should always be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. 
Because if a thief comes when you're least expecting it, if you have enough securities in place, they'll still alert them and get in trouble and caught, right? Yep. So we should be ready. Not that we want to catch Jesus, right? Like, we're not trying to stop, get him arrested. But, like, when he comes, we want to be prepared. So we keep doing the right like, thing. Like, have our minds and our hearts prepared more exactly. so. Exactly. Like, don't be like, I'm going to sit until it's time for Jesus to come and then repent. All right. Who would like to share their application first? Well, I've got mine on the page. It's chapter one, verse seven, and I'm gonna show more. Or I'm gonna try to show more mercy towards other people. Mm, mercy. That might also be my application. And it's kind of funny that that's my application today, especially since my mom talked about me about doing that. So. Mine is patience, just with like. The scoffers that might come and all that stuff, realizing that that's foolishness and time is short and coming and remembering that God will fulfill that promise, all his promises, and that we just need to be patient. And now I think it's my turn to pray. So here we go. Dear God, thank you so much for this day and for my children and that we can study your word. Thank you for giving us these instructions so that we can uh, navigate how we should be in this world until it's time to join you up in heaven or the news or new news. New earth, uh, into the new earth, um, and just uh, always, and just a way to prepare our hearts and build. Oh yeah, uh, that was a good part too about just like adding on to things and growing in those things. So that's something else I should be doing. Um, just the uh, adding goodness to faith and um, all the way up to love, of course, which is a very like the big, the big one, right? Because that's uh, the first and second commandment: love you and love everyone else. And just help us to always be loving towards everyone and showing mercy to them. Uh, and just bless the rest of our week, Lord. Uh, and help us to continue to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.